Listen, there's a great work to be done. As soon as you win this court battle, you must deliver this message. Take advantage of this opportunity and declare a powerful message to this world. He expects more of us. He believes we can do more. Who's going to stop Christ? Who's going to stop Christ from getting this work done? This is Behind the Work. Welcome to Behind the Work. I'm Grant Turgeon. We're coming up on the very end of the school year here on the Herbert W. Armstrong College campus in Edmond, Oklahoma. I teach a couple of English classes at Imperial Academy, the K-12 school here. And I've been thinking recently about the students and how challenged they are. They're always talking about their various assignments in other classes and studying for those classes uh, before my class with them starts. And it's been making me think back as well on my experience as a student and really just how enriching it was. Perhaps at the time I didn't appreciate it enough. But being a student really is a wonderful opportunity for students who are still living at home with their parents. Really, their full-time job, their profession is to be students, is to learn all that they can so that they can apply it in life. And that's really what it's all about. Knowledge unapplied is of no value. That is the truth of the matter. Um, Perhaps we forget that sometimes, but what's the point of sitting through classes that have no impact on our lives, that don't change the way we think, that don't inform us to make better decisions, that don't give us a greater appreciation for God and his creation for history, for the blessings that we have today. There has to be some benefit, some value to our classes. These classes ought to change the way we think and live our education. If it is true, education does change us. Notice here, Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 says, Therefore, whosoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, this is Christ speaking, I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. Verse 25, And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not. For it was founded upon a rock. That's the type of life we can live. If we hear and do. If we combine good listening with immediate action. If we put into practice what we are being taught. Education really should translate to action. 
And as Christ said here, this is like living a life founded on a rock where the strongest storms cannot blow us away. And that's how our education should be. It should be built on the right foundation. It should be built on a rock. The Holy Bible contains the foundation of all knowledge. It is thousands of years ahead of its time. It contains medical advice and knowledge of the universe that scientists couldn't figure out until thousands of years later. But obviously, the Bible is not a math textbook. It is not a science textbook. There is remarkable poetry in the Bible. But the Bible is not an English textbook. But the Bible does have to be the foundation. There are two basic ways of life. One way leads to life and the other leads to death. Deuteronomy 30 verse 19 implores us to choose life. And the Bible shows us how to choose life. But then there's a lot of education we can build on top of that biblical foundation. That's the purpose for all of these classes at Imperial Academy and Herbert W. Armstrong College. That's the purpose for us reading good books on our own time as adults when we're not in class anymore, when we're not being prodded by teachers to turn assignments in. We should still be educating ourselves on that biblical foundation. There's an excellent booklet at thetrumpet.com available to you for free. Thetrumpet.com is titled Education with Vision. Now, for me, all of the titles at thetrumpet.com in the literature library are incredibly inspiring and helpful. But just for me personally, when I feel myself falling into a rut, I tend to go back to this booklet, Education with Vision, because it's so practical. There are practical steps for being educated for a lifetime. Not letting the brain go to waste <laughs> after graduation. It doesn't matter if we're 90 or 100 years old. Education ought to continue as long as we are actually able to learn. There are keys for success in this educational journey here in the booklet Education with Vision, written by Mr. Stephen Flurry. And that first point is to build a solid spiritual foundation. Like I said, the Bible is the foundation of all knowledge. We have to absolutely prove that God exists. We have to know what he expects from us in our lives. The Bible is an instruction manual. 
It is a code of human conduct. And so we ought to live accordingly. And then build on top of that spiritual knowledge. The second point here is to capture the vision of the kind of person you would like to become. On page 31 of Education with Vision, Mr. Stephen Flurry writes, Seeking first God's kingdom is the ultimate vision. But there are lesser goals which can be attained through right priorities and hard work. Understanding your role as a man or woman should be foremost in your mind, since the strength of a nation depends on solid individual families. Now, in the world today, how many educational institutions will teach you about the roles of men and women? Did you know there are set rules or roles ordained by God, our creator? God outlines what men should do and what women should do. He says one should lead and the other should follow. Yet if you said that in a university of this world, you would be probably attacked and thrown out of the classroom. So that gets back to the Bible being the foundation of knowledge. We can't, <laughs> we can't go in to a classroom, a completely blank slate with no understanding of the Bible or else we'll come out of the classroom totally indoctrinated. And that's true even, even in God's educational institutions. You don't just want to essentially put a funnel into your brain and let it all just pour in there, all this knowledge pour in there, and then just be programmed like a robot to believe something. You really have to prove it. We all have to prove it. So education goes so far beyond the classroom. It goes all the way down to our individual relationship with God, to our understanding of the Bible, how God expects us to live, the roles of men and women. I mean, if we don't understand these types of things, if we're not putting in any work on our own to be educated, then we will just be like sheep, easily led in any direction and totally taken off course when someone with a bad motive comes around. So we do have to be educated on our own. We have to be educated in the classroom after we have that right spiritual foundation. But this point here in education with vision, capture the vision of the kind of person you would like to become. Men, God intended to be the providers, the protectors, the guides, of their families, 
and women are to raise children and keep the home and support their husbands. So when it comes to education, men have to prepare for a career outside the home and women need to prepare for a career as well, except that that career ideally would be in the home. There's nothing wrong with that. That's a beautiful thing. When family is done right, there is nothing more joyous, nothing more rewarding. I think I've mentioned it before, but just coming home to my family is such a delight. I don't even have a chance to get out of the car. They they come running out to me through the garage and they're knocking on the car door and I can't even open the door because they're standing in the way <laughs> and they don't really know how to get out of the way. I'm trying to signal to them through the window that they need to move so I can actually get out. But how would a happy family really work if the parents are not spending any time with their children? My wife is able to nurture and and train and teach the children all day long while I'm at work. And they're, they're blessed for that. And my wife is happy in that role. And that's how it should be. If at all possible, the man in the workforce, the woman working at home. And that is a huge responsibility. So that's the vision of the kind of people we should like to become within the roles that God has set for us. The education with vision booklet talks about preparing and working to meet our goals. There are careers that we, that we choose and we have to train and plan and prepare for those careers. Um, Mr. Stephen Fleury writes about how marriage itself is a career. The late Worldwide Church of God founder Herbert W. Armstrong talked about the, the years between ages 16 and 25 being the vital preparatory years. So preparing for life away from the parents, life after college, life as a man or a woman supporting God's work, and life getting married and starting a family. But that takes a lot of preparation beforehand. And really, it's a god plane relationship. Ephesians 5 shows all about how a man and woman getting married and and being one is like Christ marrying God's church. We have an excellent booklet, Why Marriage Soon Obsolete, available for free at thetrumpet.com. You can learn a lot more about that. This booklet also talks about being humble like God. 
how, how can we be taught if we have no humility? If God's trying to teach us through Bible study, if a minister's trying to teach us in counsel, if a teacher's trying to show us something in class, or a boss is trying to show us something on the job, and our minds are closed, our ears are shut, if we just refuse to listen, if we don't think we have to learn anything because we already know it all, then we're going to be immune to education and we're going to have to learn the hard way through real life experiences. God doesn't want us to have to learn that way. He wants us to just listen to him and apply it, being humble and teachable living a happy, prosperous life. But so often we are stubborn and we have to learn some of these lessons the hard way, sadly. Third John 2, verse 2 says, or Third John is, is one chapter, so verse 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So that's how God feels. God wants us to live an abundant life, as it says in John 10, verse 10. He wants us to experience every physical blessing. He wants us to bask in prosperity and good health. But if we are not humble, if we refuse to be taught by God, if we are not being educated in our own time and in the classroom and throughout our lives, how can God really give us blessings? He is telling us certain things to do. And why would he bless us if we don't do the things that he says? if we're not paying attention to the education that he is offering to us and applying it in our lives. Remember, knowledge unapplied is of no value. Sitting through classes, filling a seat at services is of no value unless we apply what we're being taught. And we do need humility to apply it. In my ninth grade English class at Imperial Academy, we just finished reading Shakespeare's play, Julius Caesar. And that play is full of arrogant characters who think they know everything. There's a point in there where Caesar describes himself as the North Star and as Mount Olympus, immovable, once he has made up his mind, he will not change. Caesar thought of himself as basically a god. And gods can't be wrong. Gods never, ever have to change their mind because they were right the first time. Now that's the exact attitude that will make it impossible for us to be educated. 
that lack of humility is deadly, really, as Caesar found out. We have to let God teach us. Page 32 of Education with Vision, Mr. Stephen Flurry writes, to listen to and heed the wise counsel of older, wiser individuals takes much humility. Adhering to and diligently obeying God's laws concerning success in business and family requires even greater humility. One of the fundamental problems with modern education is vanity. Humility, on the other hand, will pave the way for a right, God-centered education. Mr. Flurry writes about becoming an expert in our careers and then also about adding new and exciting challenges to our lives. God's work today through the Philadelphia Church of God is composed of individuals, families, and congregations all working toward one goal. Delivering God's truth to the entire world. This light, this glorious light of the gospel. Now, we do not force this message on anyone, but it is available to people if they are searching for answers. And we're all supporting this work so that people may have an opportunity to hear this message at some point. And be warned of what is coming. But as individuals, as families, as congregations, we must be laser locked in on this purpose of supporting the work. And that means constantly growing in character. Constantly asking God for more help to be focused, to be productive. And that's what this, this point about adding new and exciting challenges to our lives is all about. On page 33, always observe, think, and learn. Seek a better, more productive way of doing things. You have the mind to do it. That is what makes life interesting. It's what stimulates personal growth. Unless we try to go beyond what we have already mastered, we will never grow. A life full of obstacles and challenges is a blessing. Don't fall for the life of ease and relaxation that so many desire. Happiness comes from working hard at what you do and doing it well. This is the part of the booklet that I love so much. And we all should be <laughs> trying to set goals. It's a challenge, but setting goals that are specific and realistic and challenging goals that help us become more like God, because the more we're like God, the more we're supporting his work, the more we are training and preparing to teach all mankind in the future. That's one of the biggest challenges we could ever possibly imagine. Teaching all mankind 
people of all languages, religions, classes, and backgrounds, all different ideologies, all different educational levels, trying to teach them all and reach them all and inspire them all. It's hard to even imagine how we could pull that off. But God has a plan for it, and we must be training for it now. We must be challenging ourselves in life and in our education now to be ready for that ultimate challenge of helping the entire world and teaching them very soon. And finally here, Mr. Stephen Flurry writes about the fact that true education never stops. We've talked about that a lot today. Education happens on our own time. It happens in private with God. It happens in every experience we have in life. It happens in the classroom. It happens in the job or on the job. It happens in family. It happens in public. Everywhere we go, everything we do, everything we think about and read, it's all part of our education. It has to be built on the right foundation. We have to be humble to be teachable and taught. We have to see what kind of person we'd like to become. And it's a lifelong process. Education for life. A lifelong way of doing things. Page 33 of Education with Vision. School is not a four-year institution. It's a lifelong project. Focus on developing the whole person. Never stop in your studies of great men and women. Always seek counsel before making big decisions. Continue to develop communication and social skills. Build new friendships. Look for and take advantage of new opportunities to serve. Acquire educational hobbies. Seize every opportunity to travel. Take part in an enjoyable sport. Get regular exercise. Now, maybe some of those things we didn't think about as being part of education. But they really are. Education is a way of life. Education is how we all grow to become more like God. True education. And the more we're like God, the more we support his work. Thanks so much for listening today. I'm Grant Turgeon. This has been Behind the Work. You've been listening to Behind the Work. Email your thoughts to comments at kpcg.fm. Listen for a new episode each Monday at 12 p.m. Central Time.